Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. about WoW Superhero Season 2 and all of just the, the fantastic things that are going on. Season 1 was great. Season 2 has been even better, mainly because more backstory about all of the WoW superheroes. And our next guest here, let me tell you something. She has been tearing it up. And I want to warn everybody, She's already threatened to beat me up a couple times here, so I'm going to be very careful what I say because I don't want any problems, especially now that I know that she has some backup. But without further ado, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast from WOW Superheroes, Razor. How are you, Razor? Hey, Duke. I'm doing great. And, uh, yeah, those threats are all very real, so I'm interested to see how you avoid pissing me off. Well, and let's be honest here. I, you know, I, I tried to apologize to you because you, you brought out some backup this season, the Psycho Sisters, and the three of you have really been leaving bodies laying all over WoW superheroes. And quite frankly, I'm terrified. So can you and I officially just let bygones be bygones, or am I going to have to watch my back the next time I show up at a WoW superheroes event? Listen, we can let bygones be bygones as long as you remember where your place is. That's, that's all I gotta say about that. We are an my, undeniable force. My place is sitting in the, in the audience with my bag of popcorn. I am not a wrestler. I don't want any problems from you ladies. I'll just say that right off the bat here. And, and let me jump right into that because in the beginning of season two, we had David McClain come on the Duke Was Wrestling podcast and he specifically called out the Psycho Sisters. He pointed out the fact that when you ladies debuted together, he thought you were going to get booed out of the building. And the complete opposite happened. The crowd was going crazy. And, and you know, everybody, let's get psycho. And everyone was screaming and what have you. And that energy has only built as the season has progressed. Does that surprise you that you've gotten such a positive response from the fans? It doesn't really surprise me at all because, let me tell you something, running a gang one of the number one things you have to have is charisma, right? And so I've always known that I'm a charismatic person. I can convince people that they should want to be a part of whatever I'm building. So we look cool, we act cool, we are cool, we hit people really hard. I mean, what is there not to love about the Psycho Sisters? And I think that everybody watching the Psycho Sisters feels a part of themselves that they wish they could let loose the way that we do. Well, that's for sure, and you certainly have let loose. In fact, I've seen some things online where you've shown that the Psycho Sisters gang is pretty deep. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just the three of you at Wild Superheroes, but it looks like you have a lot more sisters than anyone could have ever imagined. What's that all about? And are you all really related here, or are you just calling each other sisters because you're part of the gang? So, as I said last season, 
Uh, I'm not sharing any information about how many members of the Psycho Sisters there are because you actually have no idea how many members of the Psycho Sisters there are. Nobody knows how many members there are except me. Uh, and we call each other sisters because we are sisters. And the bonds of blood are pretty weak compared to the bonds of, of sisterhood. Anybody who shares your, your morals, who shares your code, who will die for you, that's your sister. So we're we're not actually from the same birth mother, if that's your question. Um, but we are all sisters with the with the bonds of of family. You know, they're all girls who have come from places where they were told they weren't acceptable, where whether that was their behavior or their looks or what have you, they all come from a, a place of almost abandonment, where the people who should have been telling them it's okay to be yourself and to be who you are were not telling them that. And so that's why they came to me. And the Psycho Sisters is all about being a place where women can feel empowered, where nobody's going to tell you that you don't belong here just because something's a little different or a little off about you. And so it really only made sense that that, that translated to the wrestling ring. And yes, not every Psycho Sister is a wrestler, but I think you might be surprised about who is a Psycho Sister um, and who isn't. Well, wait a second. Is there a possibility that, that I could, you know... Uh fill out a membership application and become the, the first cycle brother? I mean, you know, I'm Absolutely a not. guy. <laughs> Why not? Wait a second here. You know, I'm offering to, to join and, and, you know, be the, the no, male. No, thank you. We're, we're full. Thank you. Oh, okay. We're full. Well, okay. I, I see how it is now. You just want to keep all the glory for yourselves there. I, I get it. T tell us about wow superheroes and and the the path of destruction that that the psycho sisters ha have developed here because again in, in in season one uh you were doing your thing and and you were progressing along just fine but it seems like here in season two you have you're not holding back it's it's as if you're driven there's, there's a goal there's something that you're that you're you're striving for what is going on especially with you razor in season two of wow superheroes I mean, that's absolutely the case. I've always said we were going to have gold around our waist. I knew that David McClain was hiding the Wild Tag Team Championships because I study my wrestling history, and I knew that they existed. And the fact that they weren't on season one was an issue for me because that's what we are aiming for. That's what we've always wanted. So when he announced that there was going to be the tournament to determine the Tag Team Champions of WOW, that's when you know, my opportunity arose. This is what the Psycho Sisters are here for. We're here to get that gold around our waist. And there's no other team in WOW that is a real team the way that we are. So there's no other team that deserves to win those belts more than us. Well, and I'll tell you something. You definitely are our favorites to make it to the end and at least compete for those WOW Superheroes Tag Team Championships. I know that there are a lot of other tough teams out there. You have the Bully Busters. You have uh, Jesse Jones. She just started to team up with Amber O'Neill. So you definitely have some competition there. But the Psycho Sisters, because you have so many members, because we don't know how many sisters there are, there's no telling what folks will have to face if they step up and try to challenge you. Now, I did my research. Okay, Razor, I, I, you know, this is the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. I make sure I'm prepared here. You actually have had an interesting journey training in pro wrestling. In fact, there is a, a, another show on Access TV that comes on right after WOW Superheroes. So WOW Superheroes is 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Saturday on Access TV. 
which leads right into New Japan Pro Wrestling's uh, show that happens at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV. But you're familiar with those folks over there. Tell us about your experience at the New Japan Dojo. Uh, My experience at the dojo was very intense. I was the uh, only woman there. There were maybe, I think, about 25 of us. Um, So I was the only woman there. I was probably the smallest and the shortest person there as well. And they changed absolutely nothing for me. Uh, The weights on the machines when we were doing circuits would be the same weights the guys had to do. The exercises that we did, the wrestling drills, I had to do them with the guys. I had to do them the same as the guys. You know, there there weren't exceptions made for me. And uh, it was... Probably one of the proudest moments of my life because I was incredibly sick. I have, I'm sick all the time because I don't get enough nutrients living poor as I do. Um, so I was really sick. I was the only girl. Um, and the guys told me at the end of the week that they, anytime they wanted to quit, they just looked at me. And they were like, if she's not quitting, there's no way in hell I could quit right now. I have no excuses because I had tissues stuffed up my noses and I'm still doing, you know, 150 jump squats just like everybody else. So um, I really showed them my heart. And uh, Mia Shimoda, who's a wrestler down in Mexico, even told me that um, she felt I had the strongest heart in the whole class. And that meant a lot to me to hear somebody who's kind of a veteran in my industry was rooting for me. And, and of course, getting to train with Shibata and other people whose names I can't say because they have very strict rules in New Japan about who's allowed to work with who. But I got to work with some some pretty impressive names and and learn a whole new style of wrestling. Once I found out that fact, then I went back and I thought about all the matches that I've seen you in, in, in WoW superheroes in particular. And it's like, wow, no wonder this woman is, is, is just so fierce and so intense in the ring. I mean, because you, you had to survive fierce and intense training, and it's almost as if you're taking out some of those frustrations out on the, the WOW superheroes roster, and then you bring your psycho sisters in there to join you to do that. It, it's it's kind of diabolical. i got to be honest with you about this. I absolutely bring all of my bitterness, my anger, all of my ill will, Every rude thing someone has ever said to me any time I've been told no in my whole life, I bring all of that into the ring with me. I'm incredibly upset any time I'm in the ring. And to be able to just hit somebody and release, release some of that anger, release some of that frustration, you're absolutely correct. I am doing that. Well, and let me tell you something. It looks like it definitely hurts every time you put your hands on somebody, which, once again, this is exactly why I'm just trying to be your friend here. I don't want any problems with Razor or any of the Psycho Sisters. I just want peace. Peace. Put that on a shirt. Duke don't want no smoke. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You got that right. Duke don't want no Psycho Sisters. That's correct there. Now, Now, tell everyone, please, because you have developed such a a strong fan base all over the world. I mean, people who tune in every Saturday because they want to catch Razor and Psycho Sisters on Access TV, WoW Superheroes, Primetime, and also just the energy that's surrounding what you're doing on Twitter. I mean, the the, the tweets that go out, especially when the show is on, Instagram, all of the, the support that you have on the social media, how can folks continue to, to follow you and find out what's going on with Razor and the Psycho System? We're Razor Wow, they're Wow Mesmeria, Wow Fury on pretty much any platform. If you just type in Wow and then our names, we pop right up. Use the hashtag Wow Superheroes whenever you're watching so that we can see what you say. You know, sometimes people forget to tag us, but we can go and we can check. 
the hashtag and we can see what's being said and we can still interact with people because I'm going to tell you something, that is the biggest proof that our show is legit amongst wrestlers is because you will see all of us talking about the show, right? Like how many other shows are there where wrestlers are actively talking about and wanting to interact with the fans about what they just saw? It's because we actually are excited about what we're bringing to you because it's not something that anybody else is doing. So be sure to use the hashtag. Be sure to tag us. Tell us how you feel about the shows. If you clip gifts or videos, send us that. Like we love to see all of that stuff. And I can speak from experience, folks. Uh, as you're telling everybody how you feel about the show, just make sure you don't say anything uh, smart about Razor or any of the Psycho Sisters because, you know, they will make you pay for it. That's for sure. Uh, uh, yeah, Razor, I mean, if you're still a frog, you leap. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a frog. I swear I'm not a frog. Uh, before I let you go, i got to ask you one last question here. This is a very important one, Okay. Uh, you won't allow me to join the Psycho Sisters to, to be the, the first official Psycho brother. Fine. I, I, I have to accept that rejection. But can you help me out with something else here? Maybe. Can you let the Duke know who your barber is so I can get my own razor haircut? <laughs> uh, no, sorry. That's on a need-to-know basis. I can say with all honesty, folks, wow, superhero star razor and her entire group of psycho sisters, they absolutely terrify me. Oh, <laughs> what a wild ride that interview was. And, and you know, I, I had to be very careful because I'm telling you, these ladies love to fight. They love to mess people up. There's so many of them. You don't know how many of them there are because there's so many of them. It's just just a wild ride. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. And as you heard, I mean, hey, man, this this wild superhero series that we're doing here, it's just rolling along. It's great stuff. You know, getting an opportunity to talk to all the great stars. Once again, you can check out the show every Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV. You know, I'll tell you right now, man, Access TV is really shaping up to be the best place you can check out top pro wrestling content from around the world you know I mean the fact that they have wild superheroes and New Japan Pro Wrestling comes on directly after that so that's 9pm Eastern Standard Time on Access TV but don't forget Impact Wrestling Impact Wrestling they're going to start their show officially on Access TV next Tuesday so that's going to be just insane man in fact I was on a special conference call uh, with Ty Valkyrie and and Brian Cage, you know, so that's the Impact Women's and Men's Champion. Uh, Scott D. Moore is on the on the uh, call as well. Some really interesting, cool stuff that we're going to see from Impact. And I have a funny feeling that when we talk about this whole pro wrestling wars thing, it's just getting started, baby. It's just getting started. And and I'm going to tell you right now, I hope. I really hope that uh, WoW Superheroes and Impact and even New Japan, I hope they all find a way to work together somehow, some way. They're all on the same network. So there's really no reason why, you know, the great minds can't come together and figure this out. It just be some of the best wrestling content we've ever seen. We are living in a, a period of time as pro wrestling fans that may... It may exceed 
the 1950s, where, you know, I was like the golden era of wrestling, the 1980s, which was the second golden era of wrestling. It was even bigger or even like the attitude era. We, we may find ourselves exceeding those periods of time because there's just such great wrestling content all over the place. Can't get enough of it. And I'll tell you right now, while superheroes is right up there at the top of the list, man, they just, they do a great job every week. And I, I, I really love it. Really enjoy talking to the ladies and, you know, next week we definitely have another wow superhero star so stay tuned for that but watch out for that razor man her psycho sister she's just intense jeez on this week's episode we have uh the super literally the the world's most loved most well-known fan dave wills aka it's still real to me damn it you remember that guy yeah so i got dave come back and, and we're gonna have an interesting conversation about going viral and and really when he was on the show initially he told a story about that moment but he goes a little in depth this time about how he was feeling in the moment and what brought about that phrase and and the the intense emotion that came out of him what have you so it's really some compelling stuff here and and dave is so animated i know everyone's going to enjoy that we also have part two of my conversation with Alan Roulette of Riverhorse Photography. And, you know, last week's interview, it just, you all responded so well to it. It just, of course, Alan is just such a great guy. And most people who know Alan didn't know that he was in the military before and, and also that he was an educator. So a lot of folks got a chance to learn something new about Alan. So in, in this part two, we talk about he and his family and a great story involving his wife and some close friends. Uh, you folks are really going to enjoy that. But, you know, before we get to any of that stuff, though, let me go over a few more top stories because there's just so much going on in pro wrestling. And I want to make sure that I stay ahead of the game here or at the very least keep you ahead of the game by keeping you up to date with what's going on. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm very disappointed and what I saw this past Monday on Monday Night Raw, I don't know what the... First of all, it was it was a very good show. There was some great content there, uh, some great wrestling action and what have you. Don't take this the wrong way in that regard. Overall, it was a good wrestling episode of Raw. But I'm very disappointed in the fact that there wasn't a single women's wrestling match on Raw. Not even one. Three hours show on USA Network. They couldn't have one single women's wrestling match. In 2019. And you folks know how I feel about this. I, I, I just, it just drives me up the wall, man. How is this even possible? It's irresponsible. It's unacceptable. Very disappointed in the WWE and the Raw team. And that includes you, Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon and and Triple H and Stephanie and whomever else is responsible. Not a single women's wrestling match on Raw. It's crazy. Doesn't make any sense. And I understand the fact that a lot of the ladies were in Australia doing a tour over there, doing some promotional work and what have you. And that's great. And they had Becky Lynch on ESPN. She was doing something there. But the, the, the thing that was like the biggest slap in the face is that they had the audacity to have Natty 
in a match with Sarah Logan that they filmed for the main event show. I mean, come on. <laughs> you couldn't move that match up to the main roster? Natty and Sarah and Sarah can go. They 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 they're solid wrestlers. You couldn't we couldn't have that match on the main roster on the main show on Raw? I mean, come on. What are we doing now? And it's unacceptable to even have just one match in a three-hour broadcast. But you couldn't even do that for us this week? That is that is just not the way to go, man. When I think about the fact that I watched NWA Power, and that's hashtag NWA P-O-W-E-R-R-R. NWA Power. This past week's episode was, I don't know, 45 minutes, 44 minutes, maybe. They had women's matches. I mean, (laughs) it's unbelievable. It wasn't even an hour-long show, and they had a women's match. And it it was a very good women's match, by the way. Come on. Think about that for a second. So so what is going on that Raw couldn't do that? It's unacceptable. I think I think the NWA Power Show, I think they had a women's match every week. Just about. It's unacceptable what, you, what you're doing right now. WWE, get it together. Please, get it together. And I understand that they're going over to Saudi Arabia for this crown jewel stuff and look i i totally am not necessarily against them traveling around the world and doing these big super shows i i don't feel comfortable with the fact that they're doing a super show in a country that will not allow women to wrestle that doesn't feel good as a fan as a person that respects and appreciates uh women athletes and women in general as a human being I just find that to be a little distasteful of the WWE to do business in a situation like that, especially when they're supposed to be an equal opportunity employer. It's ridiculous, but that's what you're doing. Fine, but that means that you don't put on a single women's match during Raw, your three-hour broadcast on TV. Some folks are speculating it's because they need to focus on leading up to the Crown Jewel uh, pay-per-view event, whatever the, the, the case is. I don't know. It just get it together, please. Just get it together. So disappointed in you guys. Goodness. I'll tell you right now with AEW, they're at least they're showing one women's match, which is unacceptable. It's a two-hour broadcast, but they're showing one women's match. They're at least putting something out there, <laughs> you know. So I've been railing on them about their one women's match. And, and and Raw just comes and just completely craps the bed with zero. I, I just I, and no, this isn't about quotas and, and crap like that. These women are great wrestlers. There's no reason not to feature them. Come on. Speaking of AEW, had a pretty good episode this week. Give them credit. You know the crowd is just they're very into the product, and I almost have to take a step back and acknowledge the fact that. That product, as is, is just not for me. It's just not. They're not. They don't. They're not catering to me as a fan, and I get that, and I have to accept that. It's like some music, you know. I love all kinds of music. I love rap. I love rock. I love jazz. Jazz, my favorite. Country. Love country, but I don't like all rap and all 
rock and all jazz. I certainly don't like all country. This, a lot of that stuff is just not for me. And I think that's what's going on with AEW. The, the stuff that their fan base enjoys is stuff that makes me change the channel. And, and let me tell you the setup here, folks. This is the kind of person that I am because I want to make sure I deliver the best content for you, right? I have AEW playing on the computer and I have NXT playing on the TV. And if I leave the room, I'll just load up my my, my uh, Xfinity app, you know, through Comcast, and I'll flip the channels on the phone. That's how dedicated I am. I don't miss anything, right? And I also DVR in case I have to go back and, and just double check something. And I live tweet. You guys see my messages as these shows programs are going on. But my point is, I watch NXT and AEW at the same time. So I, I, I'm seeing while one thing is happening on one program, what's happening on the other program? I'm able to just see the differences there. Now, what AEW did that was just fantastic, and I've been complaining about this since the beginning, they didn't waste time. They got right into the show, right? So in less than two minutes, the, the first match started. Private Party and the Lucha Brothers. Great, great stuff. Except... These guys are doing flippy dippy all night long, right? Flippy dippy. No selling, just flippy dippy, just flips and dives and Cirque du Soleil and all this other stuff. But the crowd is going crazy and you'd be a fool not to acknowledge that. So I acknowledge that. It's good stuff, man. If you're if you're entertaining somebody, especially the paying audience, that's a great thing. Great. But over on the NXT side, the crowd is, is, is passionate and they're into it as well. And we have Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley and these ladies are working holds you hear what I just said they're not grabbing a hold they're working a hold and they're telling a story and they're selling and there's a lot of drama and there's a lot of of, uh, both are trying to survive and make it work and yeah there was some shenanigans and interference and things like that but it advanced two separate storylines so it made sense it was great stuff I loved it loved that match very good match the private party lucha brothers match i can't say i love that match I, I couldn't stand it to be honest with you but the but the fans loved it so i'm hey good stuff i guess <laughs> you know just it's interesting and, and i feel that that might have been the best match of the night to be honest with you on the whole AEW program despite the fact that it was a flippy dippy mania match and it was the first match of the night that's just poor booking as far as i'm concerned those guys should have never been able to put on a match like that because I'll tell you what it did do. It completely buried the the um, Young Bucks match later in the night. As far as I'm concerned, completely buried them. They took on the best friends. And that match just couldn't compare. Just couldn't. First match blew him out of the water. So, you know, that's interesting. Finn Balor, heel turn on NXT. He may have aligned with the um, Undisputed Era. Maybe not. He didn't do their symbol. But he turned on um, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. That was interesting. That's going to be some compelling TV. I'll tell you that right now. Goodness. It's good stuff. Then we have Asuka and Kadi Sane. They did some kind of vignette where, you know, Dakota Kai and her partner, they're going to be 
challenging them, which is going to be interesting. So I guess Asuka and, and Kyrie are, are the heels. Great. Good for them. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see that match. So I, I, I'm enjoying it, though. This Wednesday Night Wars, NXT, AEW, it's really fun to see. And we're seeing development out of AEW that in the beginning, it just wasn't there, even though they've had this time. They had four pay-per-views and what have you. It just wasn't there. But we're starting to see some development. I still don't see a male wrestler of color single who is anywhere near the title picture. Still don't see that, which is a disgrace. They, As, as I said, they did have one women's match with Britt Brit Baker, who I can only boo because she's not very interesting to me because all they want to talk about is how she's a dentist. Well, so what? <laughs> what the heck does being a dentist have to do with being a wrestler? Okay, unless you're an evil dentist or you're a happy dentist or you're giving out toothbrushes to kids or something. I don't know, but just the whole way they package her doesn't make sense, but that's a whole other story. Um, but I think there's, there's obviously there's room to grow for AEW and I think they are growing. It's just at a rate that's pretty slow, but they're going to get there. Hopefully they just need to get it together. Because especially when you listen to the crowd, how they react to Private Party and Scorpio Sky and what have you, they want wrestlers of color to succeed in the company, the fans. It's up to the company to position these guys to do so, though. And especially a singles wrestler, there's no reason not to have it. It just doesn't make any sense. You got Sonny Kiss, who I guess they put in the AEW Dark. I still got to go watch that, by the way. I saw a clip where Sonny and, and, and Gold Dust, uh, Dustin Reynolds, they, they were walking together. That's pretty interesting. I want to see Sonny Kiss as a single, though. I don't need to see Sonny Kiss in a tag team. But that's that's a whole other story. Whatever. And then you got Keith Lee over in NXT, who I'm telling you, man, the crowd is hot for this guy. They love him. Just like they love Matt Riddle, bro. Those two are on a collision course. And Adam Adam uh, Cole, he better watch himself because one of those guys is going to take that championship from him. I'm telling you right now. You watch. You watch. So good stuff. And like I said, the NWA Power Show, in my opinion, the 44-minute show by far is the best wrestling show on TV. Second, I mean, a very close second would be Wild Superheroes because I love what Wild Superheroes is doing with The Beast chasing Tessa Blanchard and she's getting so close and then she gets knocked down from it. I love their tag team series. I think with with uh, Kira Hogan, who is fire, the stuff that she's doing with Adrenaline, who is Diamante from LAX, they're, they're just a, a solid tag team together. And, and I just I'm loving it. I got to see Dagger, who, you know, she's one of my favorites. I'm a big fan of Dagger. Um, You know, just. I'm enjoying the wild superhero show. Just love it. And I think the NWA power show, which here's the crazy part about that. It's not even on TV. It's on Facebook and on YouTube, but I'll tell you right now, man, that show is a hell of a show. Hell of a show. So there's that. Um, a few other things have happened this week that are not as big. I mean, <sighs> Seth Rollins, I guess he kind of pissed off Jim Ross Seth Rollins was at some kind of Q&A session and he talked about the fact that they asked him about Kenny Omega and he, and he said if Kenny when Kenny gets done with the the minor leagues which he's referring to AEW when Kenny Omega gets done with the minor leagues 
he can come up to the big leagues and come to WrestleMania and show me what he's got. Well, Jim Ross, he, he's just up in arms about this. And he starts, he goes on a tirade and, you know, maybe one day you'll be as over as your girlfriend and all this other garbage. Just garbage. Very disappointed in Jim Ross, to be honest with you. He's a, he's a legend, right? I love Jim Ross as a commentator. But some of his comments are just, just ridiculous. If you combine the entire AEW roster, with the exception of Chris Jericho, Right, I'll take Chris Jericho out of it, but everybody else who's a performer in AEW, all of them combined are not as big of a star as Becky Lynch is. Her name is Becky Lynch. She's not Seth Rollins' girlfriend. She's Becky Lynch. He's 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 her boyfriend. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you know, come on. It's it's like you you're trying to insult the guy, but you're doing so using his 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 lady. And she's a bigger star than everybody, basically. Like, stop that. It's foolishness. Jim Ross. And I would tell JR to his face that he's being disrespectful, and that was that was just beneath him as a legend, as a Hall of Famer. That's beneath him. Don't do that. Respect these women. Don't bring them into it. If you got something to say about Seth Rollins, you, you keep it with Seth Rollins. You don't start going elsewhere with that nonsense. That's nonsense. Stop that. JR. People have been giving Jim a hard time because of his commentary. And I'm going to be honest with you. I enjoy listening to Jim Ross commentating, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think Tony Schiavone is the real star of that commentary team. I think Tony is carrying the team. Because Tony is doing things that, you know, Excalibur does a great job in his role. And I take nothing away from that guy. I'm actually so impressed with the, the strides that he's made. But JR kind of goes all over the place with some of the stuff he says, and, and Tony brings it back, and Tony makes sense. So take that for what it's worth. You know, it is what it is. But it's interesting. Like I said, folks, it, it, we're in a time where pro wrestling is just, it's so, there's so much going on, so much to keep up with, and it's fun, and it's exciting. And there's something for everyone. New Japan Pro Wrestling just announced that they're going to be advancing in America. They're setting up a, an official American division. Which there's no surprise there because WWE is is creating an NXT Japan. So, you know, both companies are advancing in, in the other company's territory, so to speak. It's interesting. I love it. Love it all, man. So, hey. Stay tuned to see how all that stuff's going to develop. But you know, here on the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast, I'm going to keep you updated. And hey, you got to check out the the Facebook, the Instagram. Got to check out the Twitter. Keep up. I'm telling you, every single day I'm posting the top stories. I'm giving analysis about it. Interacting with you listeners and some of your favorite wrestlers and, and journalists out there. That's what we do, man. That's what we do. That's right. Okay, listen. I got him on the line here, so let me jump right into this. And in fact, we're, we're probably going to make this a multi-part uh, interview because I'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about. Coming up right now, while I sip on my my uh, <laughs> matcha latte. Does any of you guys ever drink that matcha stuff? Sh- shoot me a message. Shoot me a tweet or, or, or Facebook. Let me know what you think of uh, uh, matcha tea. Right, that's the it's green tea that they they 
crush up and they turn it into a latte and what have you. I'm, I'm drinking that stuff now. Um, Navitas Organics. You know, I told you I was drinking that turmeric uh, tea before a couple weeks back, which is pretty good. Pretty good. But I'll tell you, man, this matcha, whew, this is the bomb. Okay. I'm going to try that turmeric again just to make sure, just to just to compare it again. But this matcha, oh my goodness, the matcha latte. This is the real deal right here, Jack. And I put a little sugar in it. I have to admit that. I like it a little sweet. But I, I will tell you that a lot of folks drink it straight. You know, my, my bodyguard, she'll drink it straight. It's just, it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. See? That's, I, I like tea. And I, I like I like the different powders and the healthy stuff. You know, you mix it with a smoothie. It's not because I'm trying to be, uh, I don't know, the, the next Finn Balor body or something like that or the next Bobby Lashley. I just like to taste this stuff, to be honest with you. And the fact that it's healthy is is just an extra bonus. So, I don't know. Navitas are organics. You know, you, you, you probably see them on my Twitter account sometimes. I know they interact with me sometimes because they, they know I'm a, a fan of their products. Uh, check them out, though, man. I, you know, CVS, Walmart, Target, you name it. They're all over the place. But they got these little packets where you can either pour your favorite milk or milk substitute or you could pour your your water in there and got yourself a tea so i'm gonna matcha my way into this interview with literally the most respected pro wrestling fan on the planet and the most beloved we're talking about it's still real to me damn it dave wills and it comes at you right now dave you and i are friends and, and you've been on the show before and we talk online and what have you here's the thing that has always stuck out to me, Dave. You were at Tribute to Starcade, which was like a fan fest in and, and 2006, and you saw all these heroes and, and what have you, and you got wrapped up in the emotion, and, and while you were asking a question, you you thought about wrestlers who had passed away, like Eddie Guerrero, uh, not too long before that. Well, yeah, I'll take you back on that. You're up there. This is the first thing. It's an emotional moment for me because I'm with my buddy Craig Smolenski. Yes, Craig, I, 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 we see your hand. We don't see you, but, yeah, it's you. But uh, Craig and I went up there to Spartanburg. Yeah, I let him drive. I drove to Athens, hitched a ride in his car, went down there. Um, I was excited. I, I met Jim Cornette in the Midnight Express before. I had met uh, his wonderful wife, Stacy. I think Stacy's great. And I met some of the guys, but I had never met the Barbarian. Yes, there's a lot of Barbarian love here. Kong the Barbarian, I still think you could put him on TV and have him work with Samoa Joe or team him up, and it'd be great. But, of course, somebody screwed up, but that's just my take. And you can argue with me, but it does no good because I'm not going to listen. Uh, <laughs> I have my prejudices, and the Barbarian will never not be wonderful. But that's beside the point. I got to meet him. I was even in tears. I'm like, this is real. I looked at Kirk. But then I also saw Foley coming in, and I, I remember some of his ECW interviews where he says, Dynamite Kid, hey, thanks for all the dives outside of the ring. Thanks for everything, you know, thanks for all your efforts. But at the end of the day, sorry you don't have a, you know, how many of you fans are going to be like, sorry, Dynamite, you know, thanks for all the great moves and thanks for all your sacrifice and all the great bumps. Sorry you don't have a, a pot to piss in or when to throw it out of. And he, he was kind of homeless at the time. You know, he really was. And he, you know, came to America, supposedly with 20 bucks in his pocket, and left. I mean, I, I recommend Pure Dynamite. I may be off of my numbers, maybe 40, I don't remember. But it was a tragic story. I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, you know, if 
ponies around here, and he's had a sacrifice. Harley Race about her Harley Race going to be holding the wheelchair. This is the this is the handsome Harley Race, the best wrestler on guys' greener, the king, and King Walt, you know. And also one wrestler who I don't really name, he had wound up. Uh, apparently they found him peeled up or something, and they sent him to uh, took him off the road that week. And I was, you know, kind of concerned about that. The fact that it was just so many different people were just dropping dead. And I'd say that you know certain things that you may put into your bodies to increase your muscular uh, definition and size uh, can also have an effect on you. And if you're using other substances, whether they're uh, cocaine, some of whatever, that can also affect you too. But it just seems like they was just totally, you know, going out there and, you know, the wild, wild west. And I understand. A lot of fans don't understand, and I'm not saying I'm an expert by any means, but wrestling is, to a certain extent, entertainment, but it's also it's also rock and roll. I mean, it is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. At the end of the day, when the fans are gone, and when you're not there anymore, and you don't hear the cheers, and you don't hear all this other stuff, and everybody wants to be your friend, and so I get your autograph and buy you dinner, what entertains you? You're by yourself, you're alone, you don't have a family with you, you're missing your kids. A lot of people turn to various stuff. And a lot of people were getting into a lot of trouble with that. So when McMahon said, hey, I'm going to do this wellness policy, yeah, I'm sure it was the best thing he wanted to do for his business because it costs money. But at the end of the day, I think the sport's a little richer for it that we did it and that some people may able to get some help. I think Dallas Page is tremendous because of all the great things he's done and how he's been able to help some people with the DDP yoga and help them walk. I've done some DDP yoga. It ain't easy, brother. And I'd recommend that, you know. The Dallas is a great guy. Um, unfortunately, I never have been able to stick to a an exercise plan or something. I did do a diet, though. I'm okay with ketogenic. I dropped 76 pounds in 150 days. Well, Keep look, congratulations on that. that that's, a, that's a hell of a drop. Uh, exactly. Hashtag still a fat ass, but uh, getting less. There you but, go. But, but here's what's interesting, though, Dave, about all that. In the moment when you were at this this tribute to Star Starcade, this this fan fest, basically, in the moment you were thinking about all of those things. Absolutely. Finally, called on you to ask your question because it was a Q and A session. That's when all those emotions just came pouring out, and you, and you spoke from the heart. Exactly. Now, keep in mind, I kind of transported myself back in time to when I was in seventh grade, and. Went out there and was a little kid in Apple, Georgia, going down to the Time Saber gas station buying wrestling magazines. And I looked at uh, my buddy Craig and I said, it's real. It's still real, man. I got to meet my favorite wrestler, Barbarian. I got to have a talk with Dr. Tom Pritchard on entertainment. He may have been one that, that he could give me some understanding about how so what some of the wrestlers go through. And Tom Pritchard's a great guy. I love Dr. Tom to death. But, but I'm just thinking, wow, this is incredible and all. And I went up there, and I was going to ask, hey, thank you for the sacrifice you should made to your bodies. Because Funk had given an interview, and they said, what would you like to do? Who would you like to wrestle that you didn't wrestle? Or who would you like to wrestle? And everybody had their answer. And Funk stuck with me because he said, I'd like to have one more match with Eddie Guerrero. Now, if you were a fan at the time, I don't know many people who had a dry eye because I had people call me up. 
Watch it, Robert. He's crying because you loved Eddie Guerrero. You wanted the guy to go ahead and succeed. He was a smaller guy. He was a guy who you just wanted to root for. Great heel, great face, but you just liked the guy. He was just likable. And, you know, he had passed away. And that sucked so bad because you really, really just were rooting for him personally. And people were like, oh, man, this is horrible and terrible and all. And Funk said, I'd like to have one more match with Eddie Guerrero. And he gave the story, and I've repeated a hundred times, but I'll repeat a hundred and one. Go back to the police report of any decent-sized city, Spartanburg, South Carolina, Boston, Lowell, wherever. All right, you got a crack house somewhere in town. You got a crack house? Trace back all the deaths back in 2006, five years, 2001. Trace back all the deaths. And you'll see more deaths than wrestling at the crack house. And Funk said, we got to get together. And Funk has always been on the edge of, you know, the next big thing, the next evolution of what's going to happen, in my opinion. He's been tremendous uh, as far as being able to call some. He said, we got to go in here and, you know, the guys that we've mentored, we got to encourage Russ to clean itself up, that we need to get in here and, you know, if we have to withhold our love from these people. Because, you know, you know, you know, this, this shouldn't be happening. And I want to stand up and say, thank you, Mr. Funk, for saying what needs to be said. I don't want to see another one of these deaths in wrestling. Thank you so much. Uh, I agree. Um, and I'd love to hear some stories about Dick Murdoch because he's, he's a tremendous character. And I think uh, one of the books I read, it may have been Funk's book. I can't remember exactly. I believe it was Terry Funk's book. Or one of them, uh, where they talked, it may have been Bill Watts' book. I can't remember which one it was, but they told a story about Murdoch was hired as an ambassador for Coors. And he'd go into a bar. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'll buy you a beer. I'm drinking Coors. You, you can drink one too. $100,000 a year. Great job for a guy. Then he got his truck dirty, wanted it, ran through the car wash that they use on the beer trucks. Anybody can see this was not going to end well. Well, of course, he went ahead and pushed it and got it ran through to the paint off, and he sent Coors a beer. And no more goodwill ambassador for Dick Murdoch. I wanted to hear Murdoch more like that because just, you know, we don't have these characters here, and it's a different dynamic, a different dichotomy, a different society of wrestlers than there was years ago. And I want to hear more because I'm intrigued with the history of wrestling and intrigued with how things went and how stuff goes, and I had it all planned out. It's going to be great. But, no, it became so much, thank you, Mr. Fuck, for saying what need to be said. Condry's like, take it easy, man. I'm like, I was here another one of these. And I guess I had a momentary lapse of Tourette's for a minute. Uh, And then I gained my composure, and next thing I know, I'm on a tape trading board because I've, Love tape trading, and I got many videos. I uh, don't have as much as Vince, but that's okay. Uh, I got plenty I can watch. And uh, someone had a tagline. It's still really damn it. I go, hey, man, that's a great line. I've used it, too. Have you seen the video? And I'm like, uh-oh. And I found out that my ass went viral. They're talking about me and the WrestleCrap message board. I go up there and say, yeah, that's me, and they're like, prove it. I'm like, I don't see anybody waiting in the line to claim it's me when they're not. Believe me, I'd love to stand under a rock, but, hey, I can't really deny the way I look, so I kind of better fess up to it. And I mean, at the end of the day, 
Hey, it was, and I felt that way. Hey, at least I wasn't, you know, uh, at the New England Patriots team picking my nose on the, on the big screen, you know. So, I mean, I can't complain. So, uh, I'm known for the guy that cried at a wrestling clinic, question and answer. So be it. Hey, it's all good. Well, here's the part that sticks out to me, Dave. Everybody's a fan of something. We mm-hmm. all understand how we feel about it and how it can get so overwhelming, especially in the presence of the people that you're fans of. Sure. I think the part that a lot of folks miss, and I, and I want to get your take on this, the emotion wasn't just emotion by itself. You no. legitimately were overcome by everything you just said, the fact that some of these guys could barely walk. These folks have put their lives on the line just to entertain us, and yeah. unfortunately, most of the time, there's, there's a very us. small population that actually gives a damn. No, you're right. And they're not the only ones. you got stuff men in, in uh, California, but, you know, they're entitled to other things, like they're entitled to health insurance and unions, and they can join, I guess, SAG-AFTRA. I may be mistaken about that. But you got so many other things, and yes, they make a choice. I get that. Yes, they make a decision to do this. But at the same time, I mean, we need to take it for what it is. That if you're having guys who are just dropping dead who are very healthy, change need to occur, and I'm glad they did. The interesting thing is that the Internet never goes away. It never forgets. This is something that when it happened, I had to live with for the rest of my life. And we don't know now what we know today. Because now if something goes on the Internet, you're on there. On the bright side, looking at it in retrospect, I'll give you a thing. Whenever I've changed jobs or got a new job somewhere, I had to have a college conversation with my boss or whoever I'm going to work for. Hey, there's a little Internet video out there of me, and I've been on Tosh.0, and I need you to look at this because I don't want it to come from a client or a customer or something. And thankfully, most have been cool. One boss said, I see it as nothing different than a really hardcore football fan. Other people are like, hey, I love watching them do the butcher when I was a kid. This is great. Other people are like, wow, Dave, you know, hey, you're kind of a superstar. I'm like, well, whatever. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, thankfully, they judge me based upon my work in my shoot job as opposed to what an internet video said. What's what's ironic, or I wouldn't say ironic, what's amazing is you get so many people out there that just want to be a jerk and judge somebody's intelligence, judge their uh, judge their worth, judge their sexual orientation on a small snippet of less than 30 seconds of footage. I went on YouTube and looked at various things. He was saying, oh, this guy will never be late. He's obviously homosexual, which I'm not. Not that I care if anybody is. Hey, I support, I love everybody. You know, that's the way I look at it. But it's amazing how we've become a nation full of trolls, too, that we're just out to look for the negative and to, I guess, build ourselves up. But my whole take is you really don't go out and make your candle shine any brighter by blowing anyone's out. That's what a guy I used to work with him early said. And that's the that's the thing that, that's concerning. On the other hand, I will say that in retrospect, I am very pleased that if it had to happen to somebody, it happened to me, because I was picked up when I was a kid. I was always a little short, fat kid who was a little bit, 
Well, they thought I was smart. I don't know if I was or not. You'll figure that one out. But uh who had the glasses and was a nerd and couldn't get to date and wasn't a stud by any way, shape, or form. And, uh you, you know, at least if they're picking on me, I can take it. I mean, I'm not going to worry about what some troll says or something, because nowadays it's becoming ridiculous. Because you got people out there in high school judging people, you know, outing them, stuff like that. And the bad thing is, in high school, this is something like, this is their only time in their lives. You're not going to see what's going to happen when you're 40, 50, 30. This may be the biggest heartbreaking discipline they've ever had in their life. If they post a picture, if, if a girl's on there and they post a video of her in a compromising position with somebody and, you know, her friends find out or her parents find out, they may really go into a state of deep depression or become suicidal and all. And at least if they're getting on my case, they're leaving somebody else to hell alone. And life's fragile. I can see how it could be funny. Do I think it's funny? No, because I thought it was very serious with the deaths in wrestling, with the fact that I was really concerned about the wrestlers. What also is interesting is a lot of wrestlers have told me, I feel the same way you do, buddy. That spoke to me. It is just amazing. It's just, it's just really, I don't even understand the depth that it went to. They had a show for a group called SAS, I think, in the U.K. or, or England or something. And it was called, It's Still Real to Us, damn it. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Uh, one guy was telling me he sent it to some guy, a guy in Japan saw it who was a wrestler. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It's just amazing. Just the fact that it's went so far, the viral fame and everything. I, I don't quite understand it. Um, some fans, hey, I think I know you. I'm like, well, it's great to meet you, you know. Fans ask, hey, can I get a picture with you? Can I put you on Instagram? Can I, can I put you on Facebook? You know, you know, can you follow me on Twitter? Sure, you know. It's just really amazing the fact of that this is where it winds up at. And the fact that I got to tell my employers the fact that, you know, at least, at least people are leaving others alone. If they want to pick up me, so be it. I'm, I've got healthy self-esteem. We all have disappointments in life. Uh, am I glad I have it? I don't know. But under circumstances, hey, it happened and hey. You can't take it back, so you live up to it. What can you do? I'm sure that Fred Ottman, superstar Bubba, Big Bubba Typhoon, Tugboat, whatever name, uh, what, what was it, uh, Hercules Haggerty, whatever name he was using over in uh, OVW or, or, or Oregon, o- OWF, Oregon Wrestling Federation, probably would have wished he didn't go through the uh, go through the uh, Super Shockmaster thing and fought fall whenever he came out of there and get the clumsy thing. A lot of people would like to do that, but you can't do nothing about it. See, you just got to take it in stride, and I think. Well, here's what's funny about this whole thing. You went viral before we really knew what viral was. (laughs) God, do I know it. (laughs) And it's crazy because when you think about it now, it's, it's been... Close to fourteen years. I mean, in fact, it's about, it's right around the, the thirteen year anniversary mm-hmm. of when you went to that that event. Let me ask you this, Dave. Mm-hmm. If you could give any advice to anyone out there 
who is on the cusp of going viral or, or something happened and this video is about to be circulated and what have you, tell us something that you know now that you wish you knew when this first happened. Copyright any Tourette's uh, utterances you may have and make sure you make a T-shirt. Now I'm kidding about that. Some, some jokers sell that crap on Amazon. But seriously, though, I had no idea what it was going to do. I had no idea. I had no idea that it was going to just go that high. I had no idea that it would be played on Jimmy Kimmel. I had no idea that it would be used other places. I had no idea. I had no idea I'd be on Daniel Tosh's show on Tosh.0. thought it was great. Tosh was a nice guy. I didn't know he was going to, you know, kind of do a dig at Owen Hart. I didn't like that very much. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, on the bright side, certain things, you know, could have been different things, but I wouldn't have got experiences along the way. I wouldn't have been able to be called and go to Lenore, North Carolina and re-announce a match with Jerry Lawler against Dusty Rhodes, which unfortunately will never happen again. Yeah, they were, may have been a little bit past their prime. But doggone it, it's Jerry Lawler and Dusty Rhodes. I'm over sitting in Los Angeles at the tape of the Tosh.0, eating cheese enchiladas with Sergeant Slaughter, Coco Beware, and the Million Dollar Man, Teddy Beyonce. You know, I, that's, that's the thing that is just uncanny for me. I, I heard in, a, in other people discuss how it's cool whenever your heroes can become your friends. It's just really amazing to be accepted by a lot of people. A lot of fans, a lot of fans may be like, ah, I'm not that guy, I'm not that guy. And I got a lot of hell because they say, oh, this guy doesn't know wrestling's, uh, this guy thinks wrestling's real. Well, I knew it was predetermined. I was set up, I'd set up a ring. I'd known how things work, but I'll be damned if I'm ever going to call it fake because the sacrifices these guys make, there's nothing fake about that. Absolutely not. That's something that is ingrained, and I can't wrestle. I, I, I actually had one match in my life, and I'm sure it was a colossal catastrophe. But it sort of purpose. I was a heel manager. The face one. Hey, the, the 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 protagonist beats the antagonist, and we go home. And in and, and good triumph over evil. But still, I got a lot more respect than to go in there. And, you know, try to even consider myself a wrestler or a worker or anything like that. Because, yeah, I've done some managing. I've done some ring announcing. And if I were to be called off the earth, if I were my warranty were to expire tomorrow, hey, it's been a hell of a ride. It's been a great life. And I can't complain about it. I mean, it, it's just been a amazing opportunity. I'm being interviewed on a great show with Duke right now. Because of what happened to me, it still just blows my mind. It, it really does. I, you know, I mean, you know, just little things, you know. I've known Ray Lloyd the Glacier for, shoot, over 25 years, whenever he used to work independence in Georgia. And to see him, you know, having his little organization, his little training center, the one fall in Atlanta, doing well and doing things with, you know, uh, QT Marshall, I recommend his movie, um, in AEW to see somebody like, uh, you know, Ron Reese, who is there with me, Big Ron Studd. Just, these guys know me. One of the most amazing thing was 
I was talking to Ray, and, and, and I hadn't seen Ron Studd in years. And Ron walks up and said, hey, how you doing, Dave? I'm like, Ron, I love you, Dad. I love you. Hey, Dad. Just playing around, goofing off. And then I walk up. And then Shamrock walked. Ken Shamrock walked over there, and Ron, Ron was like, you know who this guy is? He's in the video. He goes, oh, yeah, I seen that. I'm thinking, oh, my, oh, my Lord. What the hell? Hey, I just got put over by a giant to the most dangerous man, Kim Shamrock. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, uh, my 15 minutes of fame, I think I've stole a couple extra minutes along the way. But I'm still considering myself a fan like you guys, like everybody who's listening, like everybody who is doing the podcast, like everybody who's not in one of the major organizations. I'm still just a guy. I'm... And the Tosh producers, I'll go ahead and expose their business. Um, I was cracking jokes and being silly on the stage, and someone said, okay, you're cracking some of this up. Here's again. The people who have the web redemptions are the normal folks. Tosh is the nut. You guys are are ordinary people who wound up in extraordinary situations. And I don't think I've ever said that before. But, yeah, that's what one of the guys smarted me up to. And I'm like, wow, ain't that the truth? That blows me away. <laughs> Just being there to able to do it. And then to run to Sergeant Slaughter um, was kind of cool. The, the, un- the uncanny thing is we had a photo taken of Sarge and myself and uh, one of the producers and Tosh and Coco and, and DiBiase and all. And I had it, and I wanted to make sure that I gave a copy to Sarge. Sarge told me last time I saw him up in Charlotte. Put it in my office. I'm like, oh, my God, my picture's hanging in Sergeant Slaughter's office. He's G.I. Joe, man. He beat me to Cobra Commander and Sephithor and Industrial and Cartoon. Yo, Joe. Great dude, man. I, I, I just, it, it's just, uh, it's just an extraordinary life. And I've taken some ribbon. People have said, you know, I'm sitting in my mama's basement eating Cheetos in my underwear, which I'm not, but uh, I take a little kid and hey, guess what? People are good. You're going to have people who are haters either way. People who are successful are polarized, and I'm sure there's some people who are thinking, I wish you could fall off his pedestal and not podcast. I could get me a better shot. You're going to have people who ain't going to like you because you do something good. You're going to have people who are going to like you because you did something bad. America, unfortunately, people. It would now become a troll environment to a certain extent. We tear down people left and right, which is unfortunate. And people love to see somebody who falls to earth. Oh, yeah, I knew he was trouble, it, you know. And I'm I'm as guilty as the rest of it. You know, when I saw, you know, 19 kids in count, and I'm like, something's funny over there. And then I'm like, aha, they're up there. I knew something was funny. But at the same time, that's not the best example. But they also love a comeback story as well. They like to see somebody come up from the from the ash, the phoenix rise from the ashes and come forward and be able to do good and succeed. We all got challenges, man. We all have something to do. And a lot of times it's not what you do. It's you get circumstances. Should I have gotten a copyright in my, my slogan? Sure. Should I have got T-shirts? Absolutely. Should Pro Wrestling Tees print up one and give me some money? Absolutely. I could use a few bucks. But they're not going to do that because I don't have, what, five zillion followers or some crap. But, yeah, there's other things you wish you didn't do, but you can't do nothing, so you can't beat yourself up or keep on going. 
So you got to keep on going. And well, it's a lot of it's a lot less of what happens to you is how you react. You're going to have good things and bad things. One of my old bosses, Cecil, told me, Dave, never get too high, never get too low. Because as soon as you get too high, you're going to have a valley coming, and never get too low because you're about to walk up the mountain. And I try to do some of that stuff because, hey, some days just suck, but some days are great. So, hey, what can you do? You're a guy that has gone viral. Everybody knows who you are, and, and I'm sure people would love to get in touch with you if they knew how. I think that's been the most, in my personal opinion, that's been the most criminal thing about this entire issue is that so many people share your information. When I tell you this, literally I can't go through a day, not a single day, and I can't recall a single day since I've been on Facebook and Twitter where I have not seen it's still real to me, damn it, that gif at least once. It has never, I I can honestly say 100%, there has never been a day where I've logged on where I haven't seen it once. So the weird thing, the, the weird thing is, though, Duke, is that we live in a bubble too, the rest of them. But because we're fans, we follow things and all. The weird thing was a buddy of mine that told me, Joey told me, that whenever he posted a picture, I think on his social media, me and him together, he, he used to do some ringing out in Tennessee. I love me some Joey for next. But uh, he he was telling me that he posted a picture. We went to the Gulf Coast reunion. I met him down there, and I still don't think I've changed too much. I still try to be a regular guy and not, you know, have an attitude about it. No, because I still think I'm no better or no worse than anybody else. But uh, he said that even people from he went to school with who had no knowledge of wrestling were familiar with it. Like I said, I don't really know how it went across all these guidelines that went all across everything that happened. It's, it's just amazing, you know. And, yeah, it's, it's always out there, but, I mean, it's really weird that it went over kind of mainstream, too. Go figure that one out. Well, it's gone over mainstream, and it hasn't gone away. <laughs> it, is, it is legitimately part of our popular culture. The Internet never forgets. It never forget. How can folks get in touch with you, Dave? Because this is what's most important to me. I, I know for a fact there are indie wrestlers and indie promoters. There are big-time wrestlers and big-time promoters. There are people who just have events, whether they're corporate folks, always looking for some motivational speakers or special guests for their events or what have you. I know for a fact that the listenership of Duke Loves Wrestling, we have a mixture of all of that from around the world. Let them know how they can get in touch with Dave Wills, because I'm sure they would love to invite you to their events. I'm sure they'd love to hire you to, to do something. That's still real, Dave. I would give out my number, but then I'm going to have a zillion phone calls. But that's still real, Dave, on Twitter. And you know, if it's legitimate, you know, we'll we can work things out and everything. I'm I'm trying to be a decent fellow at all, so. You know, hey, I, I, I never have been up to the Northeast. I've never been to Boston. I've never been to New England. I've never been to New York. I don't know that they're bringing in everybody else up there for fan fest and conventions and all. I might be able to sell them some photos. Not that I'm trying to pimp myself, but, you know, as the Godfather says, pimping ain't easy. I, I, I miss you, Mr. Soul Taker in Memphis. That's just me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, I'd love a chance to do something like that. No. So, 
And I'm going to be at the end, and if they, you're at the NWA pay-per-view, the NWA TV taping's coming up in Atlanta, Georgia. I have something called a multi-day ticket, a multi-pass. So I'll be at all three, 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 Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. The NWA Studio Wrestling is back. And no, I don't work for them. I just showed up, and well... Apparently, I'm on the commercial now, which is fine. Hey, it increases awareness. People like it. Good deal. It's Still Real Dave. Say that one more time. Still Real Dave. S-T-I-L-L-R-E-A-L-D-A-V-E. How fun is that? I mean, Dave Wills is just a great guy. I I love talking to him. And in fact, there's so much more. Uh, We're going to have him back next week for part two. So definitely stay tuned for that because he he definitely... (laughs) Dave has a, a... interesting story about how he even became a pro wrestling fan and some of the stuff that he got to see growing up in Georgia. So it'll be fun. Be fun to listen for you. Uh, Part two. Shout out to Dave. Good guy. Okay, listen, we're going to take a quick break. And then on the other side of that, I have part two of my conversation with Alan Roulette of Riverhorse Photography. And I'm telling you right now, if you're looking for a little inspiration, if you're looking for just, you know, he's, he's like everybody's favorite big brother or cool uncle. I mean, Alan Roulette is just a, a good dude, man. On the other side of the break, you're going to hear part two of our conversation. Stay tuned. This is former WWE superstar Al Snow and magician to the blind. You're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. You and I were talking offline, and you, you mentioned the last time you were on this podcast, and you said you were listening to the show on a, on a road trip with your wife. <laughs> yeah. And she said something to you, and, and I asked you if you'd be you know comfortable with, with mentioning that on the show. Tell everybody what your wife said to you and what happened during that road trip. So we're in California and we're driving up into the mountains to look at the redwoods. And I was like, my God, I'm going to go see these trees that have been around for millions of years and blah, blah, blah. And I got at the same time your show was coming on. And uh, as we were driving back down the mountain, uh, the show came on and, and we were with, there were four of us in the car and everybody's like, we want to hear, we want to hear, we want to hear. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So um, we were playing the show. If I remember correctly, it was when we were talking about how many black wrestling photographers I knew of, and I said I didn't know. I knew of one other one. Uh, since then, I know of a second one, but um, I knew of one other one. And my wife was like, pause, pause that for a second. Pause, 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 pause. So I paused it, and she goes, you really only know one other? I'm like, yeah. And I told her who it was, and, and she was like, oh, yeah, I've heard you talk about him. And, uh, you know, the... It was strange, you know. She was like, "That's weird." I could hear that, and and like she learned something about me. Like I've been with my wife for thirty years, and you you get this idea when you've been with somebody that long that you just have a level of ESP, and sometimes it causes arguments. Well, you just should have known, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but sometimes you have moments like that where they go, "I had I didn't have any idea that's what you you." how you saw things or what your life was like or what your whatever, your day-to-day. Like, 
you feel like when you're with somebody that long that you know every single thing about them and you know every minute of their day because they tell you every minute of their day and all of that. And it was just the fact that I had left out that us both being black was it was significant to her. She was just like, wow, like you really... And then we finished playing and I told the rest of the story and she just was, she was very surprised. She said, I, I had no idea. And it takes a lot to surprise her. Like, <laughs> trust me, in 30 years of trying to surprise her, it takes a lot to surprise her uh, with stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, what's, what's, what grabbed me about that story and when you told me, it just blew me away because I'm the type of person that, I love chess. You know, chess is a game that I picked up on when I was very young. And, and, you know, I was fortunate enough that as I got a little older, you know, the Internet became big and you used to play chess online. and You could play it in the Yahoo rooms and what have you. Chess, chess, chess. Play with people all across the world. One of the things that's always, and and I credit chess for developing this, is I'm always thinking about what comes next. So it's not just what's in front of you. It's because this thing is in front of you, what's happening, the next move, and the move after that and after that. When you told me that you were playing the show and that your wife made you pause the show and asked you about this experience of yours, she didn't know, she didn't realize, it never came to mind, and and obviously it never came up in conversation, that you legitimately are... You only knew of one other black wrestling photographer, and, and which means 99% of the time when you go to a, a show, when you go to a shoot, it's just you. You're the only black guy who's doing this thing professionally. What I think Around here, my, yeah. What, what, I think, what, what, what comes to mind when I hear that is putting myself in her position and, and the other people in the car she probably has taken a step back and thought about your entire career now. And now she's able to look at it from a a totally different lens now. So even things that you've mentioned, highs and lows and in-betweens and and things that you've done and you've accomplished and what have you, it's just like I, I would be interested to hear how she views what you do now compared to how she viewed it before she heard that little tidbit. It's almost like looking at at a person like you're a different person now because it's like, oh, my God, he's been been dealing with the fact (laughs) that he legitimately is one of the few people, one of the few black people who are doing this important job to so many people, this big job. He's one of the few, and he owns his own business, and he's able to operate and able to continue to progress and do all these things. He's built up this thing, and yet he's one of the few that exist doing it. That's mind-blowing. It is. I will will freely admit that uh, while I feel like I know a lot of people, they're probably somewhere – are people that I don't know, but in my circle, we have we have a pretty huge circle of wrestling photographers nationally and internationally. They all know each other, and we critique each other's work, and we put out challenges and and give 
critiques and, you know, I have a question about a piece of equipment. There's always somebody out there that can help me with that. Of that huge group of people, there's only one black person that I know out of that. And then I knew, I found out of one uh, recently, last few months. Not last few months, I shouldn't say that, last six months or so. But of the people that I deal with all the time and are my peers and the people that I have a tremendous amount of respect for and learn things from and call me sometimes. Like, I'll go, <laughs> like, I will talk about, I did this one thing at a shoot where um, I never watched Game of Thrones, and I know that's supposed to be the cool hipster thing to say, but I never watched it. <laughs> I wasn't into it. And when the last season came on, I had two really good friends who were so into it, and they were hour-and-a-half-long shows and whatever, and all, you know, it's been out for a while, so I'm not spoiling anything. There are these ice monsters and all this other stuff. So I came up with this incredible idea, incredible in quotation marks, that I wanted to tinge the my pictures sort of bluish. I wanted them to look like winter, like winter was coming, winter's here kind of thing. Because that's what they kept saying, winter's here, winter's here. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to give just this little slight bluish tint to it, and it's going to be really cool, and it's going to be... And, and two people, when I posted them and showed them to this huge quorum of photographers, two immediately, <laughs> immediately told me, what are you doing? This is awful. Like, it's terrible. And it's like, I'm like, really? And it's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, this is what I was shooting for. And then instead of just saying this is awful and terrible, they went, well, if you want to do that, you might want to try this or you might want to try that. Well, I did and I didn't like it. Um, and that whole idea kind of went along the wayside. But, you know, of the people who influenced me, of the people who call me on my photography BS, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I, I only know one other, personally, only know one other black photographer out there that does that. And all the rest are, I don't know. I, I don't know if they exist or if they don't or, you know, I don't know if I should put a candle in my window and hope that they follow the beacon someday or, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, I have no idea, but, you know. Well, yeah. it, it just, it puts, it puts what you've accomplished into a whole different context. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to understand that when I first had you on the show. I mean, that was, first and foremost, I, I was completely drawn to your work and just the quality of the photos and the storytelling within it. And just, I, I knew who River Horse Photography was way before I had ever spoken to you. And it just, I was just, in love with this, this this is just beautiful, beautiful storytelling through photos. And then when we got a chance to interact with each other, and then I finally had you on the show. You telling your story I, again. I had we had talked about the fact that you legitimately, because I said to you, I think I prompted you with, I don't see too many black wrestling photographers. Are, are there a lot? Are, are you unique in that regard? I think that's how I set up the question because I yeah. I had, un I had an understanding of the fact that there aren't many of you in existence. So, again, just the fact that you, your wife, who you've been with for 30 years, she gets that factoid, and it causes her to think about that fact, 
for the first time, after all this time of knowing you and, and seeing you and being there with you through the entire development of the business, God, again, her perspective on that story um, would be really interesting to hear because how does she view everything now? And how does that differ from how she viewed it before that? So, I don't know. I, you know, folks, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some hard work in behind the scenes. I'm gonna see if I can get Mrs. Rubet to come on the show and just briefly talk about that because I, I, I really think that that would be an excellent compliment to everything that, uh, Alan, you know, Mr. Riverhorse Photography has spoken about in regard to his career. So that, that would be like the, the cherry on the cake. Again, to hear from somebody so close to him share their perspective on finding out that information for the first time. That's, that's, you know, I'll see what I can do. In the meantime, Alan, if anyone out there, professional wrestlers, football players, uh, <laughs> you know, what, roller skate, roller derby people, anybody, or, you know, Absolutely. just a regular doctor or, or, or garbage man down the street. If anyone wants to partake in your services, if they, if they want to put themselves in a position where they can allow River Horse Photography to help them tell their personal stories through photos, what is the absolute best way that they can reach you? Please, in detail, spell it out for them. Let them know. Absolutely. You can always call me or text me, 863 863- 409-7143. You may get a message back that says I'm shooting, but I always get back in touch with people. If you'd like to see my work, uh, River Horse Photography, Alan Roulette on Facebook, River Horse Wrestling Photography, Alan Roulette on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, it's River Horse underscore photography. For my regular stuff, for my wrestling stuff, it's River Horse, Photog- River Horse Wrestling Photography all together. Twitter, R-I-V underscore horse underscore photo. You can always just send me an email to riverhorsephotography at gmail. And the thing is, is people get ideas for photo shoots and they're not sure, or they think they can't afford it, or they think this is too much of an investment or too much investment of time, too much of an investment of money. Uh, it's not an idea I have fleshed out yet or whatever. I love to collaborate. We can talk. I mean, it doesn't cost anything to talk to me and say, hey, this is the amount of money I want to spend. What can we do? Or, hey, I had kind of an idea of sort of doing this or this. Is that possible? And I can, and I'll be honest with you. I'll say either yes or no, or I'll say you're not ready for me yet, you know, as far as payment is concerned, or wow, you are more than ready for me. It's the brainstorming and the collaboration. My pictures are used for people to get work, to get jobs, to promote themselves. I just literally just revamped an entire medical group's website. All headshots, all action shots of them, you know, examining babies and doing all those things and telling their story. They said, we need our story told. We're not, we're, we're, we're not the same type of medical group as other medical groups. Uh, I'll give them a plug, Lakeside Pediatrics. They're awesome in Lakeland. Help us. And we did, and it was a matter of, like, five shoots <laughs> for hours, and we shot a ton of stuff. And now with their website update, they 
can tell their story. Dancers can tell their story. Wrestlers can say, this is who I am. I want to be in WWE or I want to go to Italy or I want to be on the poster <laughs> and all that stuff. And you get to make your dreams come true. And I get to, I get one more little tiny piece of immortality. If you're interested in buying fine art prints, I do sell fine art prints of things that I have shot uh, traveling around the world, around the country. Um, you can always message me or email me for, uh, I can direct you to where you can see them and uh, give you price lists and things like that. I do it all. The one service I do now that I didn't do before is uh, I do on-site printing, like photo ops. So if you bring in a VIP or you have a party or you have something that's going on and you want pictures right then and there, something to print off and then get signed by the person who's there before the end of the show, it takes a little bit of time because I do it by myself. But I take the picture, I process the picture, I print the picture. You've paid for it. You take the picture and get a personalized message in person with the person you shot with. You shot with that person there. You get to do that. Or if you're having a party and you're walking in a red carpet, and stop, take the picture. I take some time, print the pictures off, and now you have something beautiful to take home with you and your wife. Um, I do all of that stuff. You know, it's there, there is a difference between amateur photographers and professional photographers. And I know a lot of professional photographers, but I know a whole lot of amateur photographers who don't do these things. You'll get orange pictures back or grainy pictures back. And you're happy because you see your face in them. But, you know, it'd be nice to purchase a piece of artwork for yourself, of yourself. That's amazing. When you get something that you go, man, this is a good picture of me. I love this picture. How many people do you hear say that? This is a great picture of me. And then they look, then they look at themselves differently. You know, they look at themselves and go, wow, I'm beautiful. I'm handsome. I want to do this again. I want to get my kids to do this. All right. You know, that was Alan Roulette. And like I said, I just I really enjoy listening to him and talking to him. And Alan's just a good dude, real good dude. And hey, we got the holiday season coming up. You all know that doesn't matter if you're a wrestler, bodybuilder or if you're just a regular Joe like me. Reach out to your favorite photographer. And if you're in the Florida area or wherever, I know Alan does a lot of traveling. Reach out to Alan Roulette at, at River Horse Photography. You can Google River Horse Photography. You can check him out on, on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to be putting up the post and I'll be tagging Alan, which I did last week as well. So I know a lot of you folks have been checking him out. He's got some great photos, man. Some great photo sets of some of your favorite pro wrestlers. But I think a lot of folks miss the fact that he doesn't just do photo shoots with pro wrestlers. He'll do it with everybody. You know, Alan is just, he enjoys telling stories through his photography and he will do it for you. So definitely check him out. He's a good guy. Good guy. Listen, this is another fun episode, man. I mean, you know, started off with Razor from Wow Superheroes, which she and her psycho sisters don't mess with them. Then we also had Dave Wills, the, the, the super fan and wrapped it up with Alan Roulette part two. Just real fun. Real fun. Next week. We're going to keep that train rolling. In fact, I think I think I need to talk to somebody else from Wild Superheroes who has really made a splash. And I've been mentioning her name a lot the last couple of weeks. Faith the Lioness. You know, she's a she's a singer and performer. 
She's a wrestler. She just aligned herself with that no good Lana star. I got to find out what happened with this whole deal with Amber O'Neill and now this feud with Amber and, and Jesse Jones, you know, grits and glam. You got to check those ladies out, by the way, especially on their Instagram. They got a show where they're traveling cross country and getting into all kinds of hijinks. Those ladies are hilarious. But I, I'm going to get um, Faith the Lioness on here and she's going to have to answer some questions, man, because I got plenty of them. Okay, that's right. That'll be next week, though. Until then, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. This is the Duke signing off. Hey, this is the Duke of Dorchester. The one, the only, the man of the hour. Yeah. Can you handle that, baby? I want to tell you this. You've been listening to Duke Loves Wrestling.